Hey everybody, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and welcome to the Treasured Ministries podcast, where we teach you and inspire you with timeless biblical truths that heal soul hurts. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Michelle Bingson. She is absolutely one of my favorite authors. She is a neuropsychologist. She has studied neurosciences for decades and is board certified in clinical neuropsychology. And while those credentials are wonderful and impressive, what I love most about Michelle is that through her writing, she is helping others not only through sharing her professional experience, but her personal experience with such life-controlling issues as depression and anxiety. And through her resources, she's authored several books, including the award-winning Hope Prevails Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey Through Depression, and then a follow-up Bible study to that called Hope Prevails. Uh, And her latest book is getting ready to come out called Breaking Anxiety's Grip. But through these resources, the teaching inside this material, I'm telling you, is so impactful that at Treasured Ministries, when we have small group leaders that are leading groups of women, we always recommend Michelle's resources. And as a, I'm an avid reader, and I always love to learn, and so I'm constantly reading books. And, and because of that, I've ha- I have this shelf in my house where I say, every year I clean out my books and say, I'm just going to keep the books that I just love, love, love on this one shelf. And Michelle's book is always there. And not only that, but I buy her books and I keep them in my car. And if I run up against a woman who is struggling with one of these issues, I give them to her. That's how much I believe. Welcome, Michelle, to the Treasured Ministries podcast. We are so glad to have you here. Oh, thank you. It just feels like I'm coming home when I'm here with you. Oh, well, we just, we love having you. We, um, we're so excited to, to just, uh, to dive into the topic of your upcoming book, which by the way, you can order on Amazon. You can pre-order that now. That's what I've done. Um, and you, you definitely want to get this resource, um, because it is, it is truly awesome. Um, but, you know, I've, I've heard you say, Michelle, that anxiety is a common cold of mental illness. What do you mean by that? You know, that is such a common expression. And what we mean is that worry, fear, and anxiety are so prevalent that we all are going to experience them in some shape, some fashion, some form, to some degree, just like we all experience the common cold. But the sad thing is, is that we accept them just like we accept the common cold. But God has said that worry, fear, and anxiety are not our portion. Peace is. And so just like we don't have to accept getting sick, we don't have to accept worry, fear, and anxiety in our life. So we need to change our mindset around that and reject them and say, no, that is not God's best for me. I only want to live in God's peace. 
I love that. And I think, I think too, um, I, I love that analogy, too, about the common cold. You know, so I'm just thinking of, like, as moms, when we worry, you almost think, okay, well, that's what I'm supposed to do because I'm a mother or uh, or all these things. And, and we just, like you said, we accept that instead of, instead of challenging, instead of challenging that fear. And, you know, in our society, and you talk about this in the book, this anxiety is, is growing, is it not? Oh, it is. You know, when I started in private practice, I hardly ever saw a child come into my office with depression or anxiety really? unless they were really going through some major life crisis. Like they were diagnosed with, with childhood leukemia or they had a parent that died. But by the end of my time in private practice, children were coming in my practice every single day struggling with depression and anxiety. So it has gotten worse. And I think in part because their exposure to the world around them has become broader through the media. Now we've got, you know, Snapchat and and all the social media forums for them to see the other side of the world right at their fingertips. And that breeds anxiety because their coping skills have not improved to be able to handle that much more information in a godly way. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that happens is their parents have got a greater exposure to information and are accepting worry about their surroundings and the world. And so their parents are not modeling appropriate ways of responding to the world. And so their parents are modeling worry, fear, and anxiety. And so the children then are learning that's how I'm supposed to respond. Right, right. And so it can almost become, um, and this this is certainly true um, inside of my family. I don't mind um, sharing that with my audience, that it just becomes this learned behavior uh, a lot of times. Um, and, and, you know, people talk about that, the genetic, the learned behavior. They also talk about the chemical um, and the environmental causes of anxiety, like, like you were saying, and, and the chemical meaning um, just the, the, the chemical makeup in our brain. But what would you say is the true root of all worry, fear, and anxiety? I would agree that all of those are contributors to worry, fear, and anxiety. But the true root is told to us in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, For God hath not given you the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. but of power, love, and sound mind. The true root of all worry, fear, and anxiety is Satan himself. Mm-hmm. And he started in the Garden of Eden. You know, Adam and Eve had no worry, fear, and anxiety until they took the bait of Satan and they ate of that fruit. They had no right. worry, fear, and anxiety until they sinned. And then they hid from God. Because they were naked and ashamed. That's where the worry, fear, and anxiety began. Right, right. Wow, that's that's very powerful, um, and I I love that. Um, and you do talk about this too inside of your book in depression that there's a spiritual root to it. And what I loved about what you just said in that Second Timothy scripture is the spirit of of fear 
And that because of that, we know that when we feel that, that that is not from God. That is not from God. Um, So then what would you say would be the number one, like starting point whenever somebody feels that fear and worry? Um, And your book goes into another reason why this book, you got to get this book. It's so good. But you give us practical ways that we can combat that. But can you give our listeners today, just when they start to have those feelings of fear and worry, you know, uh, what is one practical step that they could take? You know, I think that is what makes this book so different. I I have read mm, probably hundreds of books on fear and worry and anxiety, and most of them don't give practical tips, and they're so frustrating, even in the mm-hmm. Christian market. Yeah, and that's why it's so important yeah. to me to say, "Here's what you do." It's not enough to say, "Don't worry." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God God says, "Be anxious for nothing," and so I really wanted to unpack. Okay, what does that mean? And so one of the very first things that's so crucial is to recognize when you start feeling anxious, start worrying, and you recognize that you are afraid, the very first thing is to realize that those thoughts are not even your thoughts. Mm. Those Mm -hmm. are thoughts put into your mind by the spirit of fear. Mm. Those thoughts are not in agreement with God's word. Mm. You don't have to feel shame over that. The enemy is constantly after us to steal, kill, and destroy, and he does it through our thought life. And if we can recognize that's not even me, that's not even me, and and then take that to the Lord and say, okay, God, so what does your truth say? So one of the things that I would frequently be afraid of, um, I'll share with your listeners that I lost my father when I was a child. And one of my very first thoughts was, okay, so what do I have to do to provide for my family so that, you know, we don't live under a bridge? I I Mm -hmm. took on a spirit of poverty. I was Mm -hmm. afraid Mm -hmm. that we would not have enough financial resources. And Mm -hmm. that, that was the spirit of fear. And God showed me that I had to learn to trust that he would be my provider. So whenever I find those thoughts coming back in, because the enemy will always come back to where our point of weakness is. Mm -hmm. So even now, when those thoughts will come into my mind, I'll have to go, no, God, you have promised that you would be my provider. You care about the birds of the field. And if you will provide food for them, you will provide food and clothing for me. And that's the first thing we can do is recognize, first of all, those thoughts are not mine. Second of all, what does God's word say? And third of all, then we repent and say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I agreed with that spirit. I repent of that and I'm going to trust you. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that takes away all the enemy's power and then all of a sudden i promise you peace will take over when you no longer agree with the spirit of fear god's peace will pervade yes yes and that really is a sense that you can get even even if it's you know life is going crazy um and i i love that first step the awareness factor because oftentimes when things become habit for us 
like when we feel fear to immediately jump to those irrational thoughts and that kind of thing or just to immediately worry, it's it's automatic because it's become habit. And so what you're saying is the very and I love this because we can all start to do this. The very first step is is awareness. And then don't let the enemy condemn you for having worry, right? Having those feelings of fear so that you hide it. Then you bring it to God and and you speak the truth. I love that. No, there is no shame. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation Mm -hmm. for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. There's no shame. God knew that we would experience this or he would not have said hundreds of times in the Bible, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't get into anxiety. He knew this would be a struggle and he knows who our enemy is. Just go to him and confess it. And once you do, that's wiped away. He doesn't remember it anymore. It's it's a natural thing. The enemy is going to go after us in our thought life. I experienced this so often. There was a situation where my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And I tell you what, that's one of those situations where the enemy is going to go after you right away. It brings up all sorts of fear. You know, am I going to become a widow? Will my children have their father? Especially given that I lost my father when I was a child and I had in that moment the opportunity to go am I going to believe the facts the facts are he has cancer or am I going to believe the truth and the truth is God already knew about the situation God can still heal him and even if God does not heal him God will be my husband God will be my provider God will be a father to my children so even when facts are compelling we still have to believe the truth of God's word and when we will believe God, when we will trust God, that's where our peace comes from. Mm. I love that. And, you know, you, uh, you, you speak about this in, inside of your book, that you don't hold back from truth and that you stand on the word when you treat patients, when you speak and, and when you write. What would you say are the key weapons for people to use? inside of the battle? Well, the key weapons are God's word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But when we were when we were talking about worry, fear, and anxiety, I go back to that verse, 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, for I have not given you the spirit of fear. And so I thought, okay, so if you've not given me the spirit of fear, God, then what am I supposed to do when I encounter worry, fear, and anxiety, and he said, but I have given you power, love, and sound mind. And I thought, okay, but what does that mean? So when I when I went to the Lord and said, well, so what does that mean? Well, with respect to power, he has given us the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Mm. So how do we access that power? Well, there is power in our words. So we have to be so very careful what we are speaking out of our mouth because our words have power. So we can't walk around and say, well, I'm just afraid that. Okay. Because that gives the enemy a legal right 
to bring in worry and fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. We can say, I'm concerned that, mm-hmm. but when we say, I'm afraid, that gives the spirit of fear a legal right to operate in our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a difference. So we have to be so careful. Use your words with power. So instead of saying, I'm just afraid that I'm not going to have enough paycheck to handle all my bills this month. Instead, say, Father, I trust you that you are going to provide enough resources to make it through this month. Yes. I'm choosing to use my words in a powerful way. That is not the same as name it, claim it. Instead, I am trusting God. To provide for me because he has said in his word that mm-hmm. he will. Mm-hmm. He has said that my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. He's not said that, you know, I'm going to provide for you so that you can have that Lamborghini. Yes. No, but, yes. but, you know, he might, he might allow that those tires that might only last 3,000, you know, 3,000 miles will go that extra that extra way. So our words have power. Yes. We have power from speaking out God's word. Yes. Yes. I don't think that there is any more powerful prayer than praying God's word back to him because God has said that his word will not return void until it accomplishes that which he has intended it to accomplish. So our prayers have power when we speak out God's word. We have power from speaking Jesus's name. Mm. What we declare in Jesus's name, that has the most power. Just like cancer has a name, all names have to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have power. We also have power under the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. When Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood, that that blood covers so much. It covers our sin. It covers sickness. It there's so much power under the blood. I could we could just have a podcast just talking about the power that we have been given. We have power from believing God will answer our prayers. Yes. But that's just it. We have to pray believing. God will answer. We cannot be double-minded and question and doubt. But when we will pray, believing God will answer, that is one powerful prayer. So that's just one thing. There are so many more things that I mentioned in the book, but Mm -hmm. that's one of our tools that we have to combat worry, fear, and anxiety. A second tool that he says in 2 Timothy 1.7 is love. Mm. Mm-hmm. One of the scriptures is that perfect love casts out all fear. And for the longest time, I really didn't understand that. I'm like, what did that mean? But one of the ways that we receive God's perfect love is through praise and worship. Mm. If we will praise him, if we will worship him, especially when we are going through a difficult time, that opens up the doorway to heaven for God to bestow upon us his perfect love, his blessing, and his power. Love it. And we can live in God's love through remembering 
his goodness and his faithfulness. I just posted on this on social media just recently. You know, sometimes when we are going through a difficult time, it's really hard to remember God's faithfulness in the moment because our pain can be so overwhelming. But in the biblical times, God told his people to build altars of remembrance so that they would remember all that God did for them out of his mm-hmm. great love for them. Mm-hmm. Well, today we don't always build altars anymore, but we can build figurative altars of remembrance through journaling, through photo albums. Absolutely. And so I have photos that help me remember of the good things that God did for us. And yes. the other day I pulled up photos that help me remember times when God was faithful, times when God was good, times when God was so trustworthy, so that when I go through difficult times, I can look back and go, oh, yeah, God, you did it before. You yeah. do it again. Yeah. And when he did it before, that reminds me of how much he loves me. Yes. And that love helps me remember that I don't have to be worried because he did it before. He'll do it again. Yeah. And then I can just kind of thumb my nose at Satan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Satan certainly is using the bad, you know, bad circumstances in our life to be those remembrances, right? And to to try to remind us of, uh, of, of you know, just to try to use our catastrophe to... Um, to cause us with lies to turn to turn away from God, and but because of perfect love, we say, you know, it doesn't matter that this is happening. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. No, and this is the time where I need to pull into God uh, and not to pull away. So um, those little. Uh, anything that we can do to create those remembrances, I think, too, is is so powerful. Um, okay, so sound mind, that's the next one. Oh, and that's one of my favorite ones because God gave us a sound mind, which means he gave us the mind of Christ. When we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we have the same mind that Jesus Christ had. And so I think of when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days, 40 nights, he was fasting at the beginning of his ministry. And here Satan came to tempt him when he was at his weakest point. And what did Jesus do when Satan came and tempted him? He was able to resist him and fight back with the word of God. And scripture says Jesus was the word. And so Satan was really not very smart because in essence, Satan was tempting Jesus with Jesus. Nobody knew the word better than the word himself. And so we have the mind of Christ in us. Mm. And we have the Holy Spirit in us mm. to remind us of all truth. So when we become consumed with worry, fear, and anxiety, first of all, all we have to do is pray and ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of truth. That's so and good. he will. Yeah. And part of what we need to do is choose what our focus is going to be. If we focus on the things that we are so worried and anxious about, 
well, that's going to consume our thoughts. But if Mm -hmm. we will focus on God, then we can get above our circumstances and focus on what he is doing in us and through us and for us. And all of a sudden, those worries just won't seem like such a big deal anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because we have the mind of Christ, we can choose to talk back to anxiety and tell it it's not the boss of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh, that is so powerful. And um, as you were talking um, and saying, I love that, that we have a sound mind. And so in those moments of worry and fear, that we can ask God to give us His perspective. And, you know, I think that is such a powerful point. And I'm reminded as you're sharing this of um, in the Gospel of Matthew, when John the Baptist is in prison, And he sends his disciples to Jesus to say, are you really the Messiah? Because, you know, I'm in prison, that kind of thing. And Jesus uh, comes back and, and says to him, tell John that the lame are walking, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And so basically, Jesus answered in a way that gave John, his perspective, and then he says, blessed is the one who doesn't turn away because of of me. And then he goes on to praise John the Baptist, saying that that he's greater than, than any prophet there ever was. And so the point being that you know, God's when it's it's about gaining God's perspective. And when those feelings come on, let that be a trigger to pull back and to ask God, what's your truth? What's your perspective on this? And and I love how you said it's not that we deny facts. Like you can say, you know, I don't have money in the bank to pay to pay my mortgage, but I'm trusting that God is my provider and that He He will show away. So um, because God's truth just trumps everything. And so gaining his perspective, which we have that ability to do as as you were teaching, because God has given us the mind of Christ, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. And then speaking that truth uh, out loud. Um, Why, from a personal perspective, why are you so passionate about these topics such as anxiety and depression and fear and worry that tend to be just overtaking us as a society? You know, sadly, I have experienced them myself. And Satan has stolen too much from me and my family. Mm-hmm. And I don't want him to steal from anyone else. But as a professional, I've seen him steal from thousands and thousands of people and I want people to be aware that we don't have to give up our power to him anymore but it's so important to me that we recognize the power of our words because we give up so much of our power to him by being lazy in our conversation Mm -hmm. and I want us to live the victorious life Hope prevails 
the the linchpin verse was John 10, 10, and that is the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said that I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And I want us all living that full life here on earth as we will in heaven. Yes. Yes. Uh, this has been amazing. And I want all the listeners to know that you will not regret uh, pre-ordering Michelle's book. She has many more practical principles inside of her book, Breaking Anxiety's Grip, How to Reclaim the Peace of God's Promises. And we have that link for you right in the podcast description, so you can just click on that to to order your book. But also, I want to let you know that Michelle has a great radio program, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify called Your Hope-Filled Perspective uh, with Dr. Michelle Bingson. And I want to just encourage you to listen in because Every week, Michelle has wonderful content related to these resources. In fact, she also has a blog, and I'm subscribed to her blog and her email newsletter. And and believe me, I'm not going to tell anybody to subscribe to an email newsletter unless I don't just love it. And Michelle has great content. You can go to her website. We've put the link for you in um in, inside of our podcast description. She's got lots of freebies on her website uh, that, that you'll enjoy. And I just encourage you to continue to, um, to if, if this topic is one that is personal to you too, I just really encourage you to continue to dive into her resources uh, because her content is, is excellent. And she's really providing um, some awesome teaching for the body of Christ to help us uh, where we're hurting, and anxiety is definitely one of those uh, one of those ways the enemy's trying to get in. And and like you say, it's it's on the rise. So thank you, Michelle, for answering the call to God uh, for you to 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 do this um, in inside of your own life. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts today? I would just say, the next time you hear that voice of worry, fear, or anxiety, remember, it's not your portion. God's Mm. peace is. Love it. Love it. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out today. And today is just part one. We are going to do another podcast with Michelle. You can listen to that part two for next week. But Michelle, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's been such a joy. I always have fun talking with you. I know. Me too. Me too. And to our awesome audience, check out in the podcast description, and we have links for all of Michelle's resources and her social media handles so you can continue to engage with her. Next time, next week on our podcast, we have Michelle back, so you don't want to miss it. Thanks so much for listening in, everybody. Bye-bye.